I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You and Me Both is a production of iHeartRadio. When the President of the United States says that he can't win an election if every eligible citizen votes, we should take him at his word and test his theory. I'm Hillary Clinton, and this is You and Me Both, where I get into some of today's biggest questions with people I admire and find fascinating. Today, we're talking about an important, timely, critical subject, voting. Now, you might guess I would be pretty focused on voting, but I would be, I think, even if I'd never run for office or held it, because when you get right down to it, it is a power that every one of us has, no matter who we are, where we live, how much money we make. And if we don't exercise it, we leave the field to people that don't agree with us. So protecting the right to vote is an issue that gets to the heart of every other issue that I care about and all of the progress that we need to make together. Today, I'm talking to two guests who really understand the power of voting. Stacey Abrams, who you just heard, 
the woman who should be governor of Georgia, because let's not kid ourselves, her election against Brian Kemp was marred by blatant voter suppression. So she founded an organization called Fair Fight 2020 to protect the right to vote in Georgia and around the country. But first, I'm talking with John Legend. You know, if you watch the Democratic National Convention in August, the virtual convention, you'll remember this incredible performance. One day when the glory comes, it will be ours, it will be ours, oh, one day. John wrote that song, Glory, with the rapper Common for the movie Selma. It won the Best Original Song at the Academy Awards in 2015. John has also won multiple Grammy Awards for his music, not to mention an Emmy and a Tony, making him the 15th of only 16 people who have an EGOT and the only black man who has achieved that Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony distinction. He's also a very proud dad. He and his amazing wife, Chrissy Teigen, have two wonderful kids, Luna and Miles, and another on the way. But the reason I'm talking to him today is because he's also a really strong voice on issues of justice and voting. Last week, he launched Free the Vote to raise money to pay the fees and fines preventing over one million former felons in Florida from casting their ballots. I'm thrilled to be talking with John. Hello, Hillary. Hello, my friend. Always a joy to see you. I'm still smiling about the dinner we had at your house yes. pre-COVID um, yeah. <laughs> and and pre your latest news. So give, yes. me a, give me a quick check-in on the whole family. Well, of course, Chrissy's pregnant with our third child. She's having definitely her roughest pregnancy yet. Uh, it's been a bit of a physical challenge for her. Our doctor has her on bed rest right now. And uh, we're just, you know, taking good care of her. And I'm trying to be home as much as possible and help her as much as possible so she doesn't have to move around and she can take good care of that little growing baby inside of her. Oh, well, give her a big virtual hug. You have been a staunch supporter of not only candidates, but causes. Where does that come from, John? I mean, when you were young, did you have some experiences that you really felt prepared you or motivated you? Or was this something that you came to later in life? Well, when I was young, my parents, first of all, impressed on us that success wasn't defined by how much you do for yourself, but it was defined by how much you do for other people. Part of that was kind of a Christian ethos but also just uh, being good human beings. Mm -hmm. No religion has a monopoly on that uh, concept of being philanthropic, being generous, being humble, caring about people who are struggling and and need your help. But it came to us through a Christian ethos. They also homeschooled us when we were kids for some of our grade school years. And, And one of the things that we would do as a family was we would go to the county public library and we would kind of be let loose on the library and we would go and find whatever books interested us. And for me, from a very young age, I always was interested in politics, leadership, people who fought for justice. I particularly was interested in Black civil rights leaders and abolitionists who looked like me and also were people who put their lives on the line to fight for the rights of others. So I've always had that conception, that ideal that 
those kinds of people are the people we should look up to and treasure in our society. And that if I had any sort of success in life, I would try to use it to be one of those kinds of people who spoke out when I, I saw something unjust, who tried to fight for people whose voices are often overlooked. I wrote an essay when I was 15 years old in high school that said exactly that, that I, I plan to make Black history by becoming a successful musician and using my success as an artist to give back and fight for equality and justice in this world. And that's what I've been doing. Since you were 15, where did you grow up? I grew up in Springfield, Ohio, a small city uh, between Dayton and Columbus on I-70. Wow, I, lo- I love that story about uh, your parents' dedication and determination yeah. to you know, really set you on the right path. Did you start being musical and singing in church, as so many people have? Um, yes, absolutely. So I grew up in a Pentecostal church. And my grandmother was the church organist. My grandfather was our pastor. My mother was the choir director. My dad was a deacon and taught Sunday school and also sang in the choir and played the drums sometimes. And so I grew up around a lot of music and a lot of church. And uh, that was my musical foundation and, and remains a huge part of the story of who I am as a musician. Well, let's talk about your life as an activist and certainly as someone who's been involved in and supportive of uh, political campaigns and causes. I know that you've been particularly involved over the years in uh, protecting voting rights, making sure anybody eligible can actually vote in practice, not just on paper. And you combined your deep concern about incarceration and the injustices in the criminal and penal systems with a real commitment to something called the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. And your initiative, Free America, launched something called Free the Vote. And maybe you could describe for our listeners, you know, how all of this fit together for you. So let's start with how I got interested in this issue. First of all, um, like many Black and brown people in this country, I had relatives and neighbors and community members who had gotten caught up in the criminal justice system, including people as close to me as my mother, but also good friends that I went to high school with. Some of them were in prison for a significant period of time. And when you're a kid, I think your parents rightfully teach you, if you just don't get in trouble, then you won't have to worry about those kinds of things. But as you start to understand the system a little better, you understand that it's not as cut and dry as that. And it's not as fair as that sounds. For far too many people, there's a different criminal justice system depending on your poverty or lack thereof, depending on the color of your skin and how you're perceived by police and by judges and by juries. All those things affect so much. And we've come to think that these sentences that are prescribed by law are just the way they are. They're almost like they're biblical or or, uh, so, (laughs) so fixed that we can't imagine an alternative. But what we have to realize is those were all political choices that were made and they don't have to be this way. We're the most incarcerated country in the world. So we've made policy decisions that have been inhumane and the consequences of that have been felt throughout our society. And not only that, every time we've made the choice to spend more on policing, more on jails, more on prisons, there's an opportunity cost because we're spending less on all the things that would help prevent crime, help make people feel more safe, help people live healthier, more productive lives in every other way. And so Free America 
was born out of me kind of discovering how big this issue was and how unjust it was through reading, through listening, through talking to folks, and through just, just the gut feeling of what I've seen my family and neighbors go through. And then starting to organize around listening to other people and trying to find out where we could get involved to help. So we went around and visited jails and prisons and immigration detention centers and juvenile uh, facilities. We also sat with district attorneys. We sat with corrections officers. We sat with all kinds of folks who had a stake in the system. And everybody told us that it wasn't working. It wasn't humane. It wasn't right. And we needed to change it. And so coordinating with organizations like the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition and other grassroots organizing efforts, a lot of them led by formerly incarcerated people, uh, we started to figure out initiatives that we wanted to get behind, initiatives we wanted to uplift, amplify, get out there in the public conversation. I know, for example, you went to um, a court hearing in Miami back in the fall, like last year, I think, November, to watch former felons have their right to vote restored, which must have been incredibly uh, moving. Oh, I was crying a lot of that day because just think about how many people take voting for granted, right. how many people uh, just can't be bothered or, or you know, there's all kinds of reasons people don't vote. And some of them are, are because of voter suppression by the state. But you could just tell that these people wanted to be part of society again. They had made a mistake. Most of them, most of them were a lot older And if anybody knows anything about crime, most people's period of being prone to crime is pretty much over by the time they're 25. Mm -hmm. But too often, our society punishes them for so long, well after the mistakes that they've made, and when they're completely new people by that point. So some of these people were 45, 50, 55, and hadn't been able to vote for decades. The founder of FRRC, Desmond Mead, he is a returning citizen himself and had committed a felony when he was young. And he hadn't voted for 30 years. Yeah. And these people want to be a part of society again. They want to contribute. Desmond's doing all these amazing things in his community, one of the most exemplary citizens we could possibly imagine. But he wasn't able to vote until this year. Voting is not a privilege. It's a right. And it's a a part of being a citizen of this country because all of us are affected by the laws that are written by our representatives. All of us are affected by the decisions of our executives. And all of us should have a say in who those people are. Even if we've made mistakes in our lives, even if we've harmed people in our lives, it's not a right that should be taken away. You know, it's interesting because after the amendment passed in Florida, the Republican legislature tried to, you know, basically obstruct it, didn't they? I mean, they they said, okay, fine, you served your time in prison, that's uh, okay, but some of you may have fines or other kinds of restitution, so you're not going to be able to vote until you pay all of that out. How did that make you feel? Well, it's so enraging and frustrating that there's an entire political party that has built their entire political program on trying to discourage voting. So anytime there's an expansion of the vote, anytime there's an attempt to expand the vote, Republicans have decided that it's against their interest for those things to happen. So they fight it at every turn. In this particular instance, the public voted 65 to 35. We're not talking about a close margin here. No, And those those were voters from everywhere. All kinds of, everybody did that. The people of Florida overwhelmingly voted for an expansion of voting rights. But because some of these institutions, like our state legislatures, 
aren't as accountable, aren't as transparent, aren't as small d democratic in their response to what people want. The state legislators wanted to maintain their hold on power in Florida. And so they tried to devise any tactics they could to reverse the will of the people. And they found basically a loophole that if they determined that you hadn't paid certain court fees and fines, that you hadn't actually served your sentence. So essentially they're saying pay up or you can't vote. And we know poll taxes are unconstitutional in America, but this was their way of essentially charging people to vote. Some of them can't afford it. And so what we've been trying to do is pay those fees and fines. So these folks could actually uh, realize the gains in uh, suffrage that we fought for. And so we've raised about $25 million uh, with the help of some really high net worth folks, but also tens of thousands of ordinary people, individuals who have given what little they can to help support these folks and extend the vote to as many people as possible. We'll be back right after this quick break. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually 
in person and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. You know, there are a lot of people who don't vote for many different reasons Mm -hmm. and people who don't think it will make a difference, people who don't believe that anything will change. They just are at a stage in their life where it seems like such a low priority. I'd love to hear you really speak to people who may not yet be convinced or may still be on the fence about whether they're going to vote or not as to what they should be considering that might encourage them to get out and actually exercise that vote? Well, I think, first of all, we need to realize that this choice is not even close when it comes to thinking about who would be a better leader for this country, who would restore our moral authority in the world, who would restore our credibility in the world, that our word actually means something, that we actually believe in science, that we can be trusted as a partner to get major things done in the world. As we think about climate change, as we think about this pandemic, all of the solutions to these major problems that the world faces require America to be a respected, trusted partner in the world. And we are the opposite of that right now. We're the laughingstock of the world. I think climate change is the most pressing, most urgent issue that we face in this country and in the globe. And there's no way we make any progress on that if Donald Trump is reelected. And it's guaranteed that if Joe Biden is reelected and we have a Democratic Senate, that we will pass some version of the Green New Deal. Joe has put his plan up on his site, which I think is robust and has been seen by a lot of activists as a really strong plan. That is critical. And if we don't elect Joe Biden, I don't know if we will ever be able to reverse the damage that uh, Donald Trump is doing and has done. That's enough reason for me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. well, I I know. I I mean, that's what, you know, I think it's fair to say everything that anybody cares about is on the ballot. And and if you care about democracy is on the ballot. Yeah. Health care is on the ballot. You know, better jobs for the future. You know, dealing with the covid vaccine issue. I mean, everything you care about is on the ballot. And And let's just focus on covid for one second. Just look at what's happened in other countries when it comes to death rates, when it comes to overall spread of the disease. We have just been terrible at it. And it makes perfect sense. We have a terrible leader. He has no capability of thinking long-term about anything. He has no capability of thinking about anyone outside of himself. He is a liar. He is a conspiracy theorist. And he particularly doesn't care about certain people. And a lot of those people are the people who are being most affected by this, black and brown people. So all of the things that would combine to make him bad for COVID-19 are present in Donald Trump. There's nothing about him that says he would do a good job handling this. And now that there's a possibility of a vaccine, we can't even trust him as That's president. Exactly to, right. <laughs> to uh, to lead an administration, an FDA, a CDC that's going to handle it properly in a way that all Americans can trust. So in every single way, he is exactly the wrong person to be in charge in a crisis. particularly a crisis of this magnitude and of this complexity. You've seen this utter failure of a president. It's obvious that Joe Biden is a better choice. 
And if you want to see what his policies are, because I, I kind of got uh, frustrated on Twitter one day and I was like, just go to his website because <laughs> because Joe Biden's <laughs> website right. is actually very robust. Very good. Yes. <laughs> He's actually worked with uh, a lot of policy people on the left to yep. really formulate some really great ideas and the choice between his plans and Donald Trump's plan that he keeps saying he has. But we <laughs> won't tell us. <laughs> He's like, I, I won't tell you. Right. I don't even understand what that means. It just means he doesn't have one. But yeah, it's, it's exactly. kind of amazing that he would even say that with a straight face. It's yeah. so obvious that Donald Trump should never lead anything that is of concern to anyone. Like any CEO, anyone who's in charge of hiring people, he has all of the characteristics that you would red flag and say, this kind of person could never work for me. I would never let him run anything. Not the dog pound, not the <laughs> local fire department. Like, there's nothing you would trust him to run. 100%. Well, he has no plans, but everybody needs a plan to vote, right? So Absolutely. People, We've got a plan to vote. You've got to have a plan to vote. If you can vote early, vote early. If you are going to vote by mail, get it in the, you know, the mail as soon as you can. And then no matter how long they make you wait, if you're going to vote on Election Day, don't go anywhere. Stay there. Bring a lunch, whatever it takes. You know, my advice to folks is if you can vote early in person, that's probably the best. Yes, best. that's what I'm going to do. You know, John Lewis said that uh, democracy is not a state. It's an act. Exactly. Um, exactly. And we have to act for us to maintain our democracy. And it is in peril right now. It's it is clearly in peril. Amen. I, I'm so grateful that you joined me today because you have such a perspective and understanding about what's at stake and the life you've lived and the way you've used your talents speak louder than words ever could. So thank you so much, John. Give big hugs to Chrissy and Luna and Miles, okay? Absolutely. And love to Bill and uh, to Chelsea and all the grandkids. We love your family and, and want to send all of our best to you. Take care. Take care. If you want to learn more about Free the Vote, the fund John Legend created to help returning citizens exercise their right to vote, please visit his website, letsfreeamerica.com. I'm devastated to share with you that two days after we published this episode, John and Chrissy lost their baby. I'm sending them my love and my prayers, and I know that you all join me in doing that. I first met Stacey Abrams when she was a leader in the Georgia legislature. You know, from that very first meeting, I could just tell that she was someone who had a big future ahead. She ran a heroic campaign for governor of Georgia in 2018. Her opponent, the Secretary of State at the time, Brian Kemp, rewrote the rules on voter registration, purged more than 300,000 people from the voter rolls, and closed more than 200 polling places across the state. After that election, Stacy started a new organization called Fair Fight, dedicated to making sure everyone can vote and have their vote counted. It wasn't just that election that motivated Stacy. She was also spurred on by the work of her parents and grandparents. 
To get started, I asked Stacy to share a story from her book, Our Time Is Now. That story is about a conversation she had during a visit with her grandmother in the middle of Stacy's 2018 campaign for governor. We were just talking about the election and what was happening, and she was chiding me about you know, whether I was taking care of myself. But we started talking about voting, and, and spontaneously, I didn't know to ask about the story, she grabs my hand and she tells me about the first time she voted. And she tells me that you know, she was sitting in her bedroom in November of 1968, three years after the passage of the Voting Rights Act. And you still had all of the ignominies of Jim Crow, all of the challenges of white folks who did not want this new thing to be true, especially in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And so my grandfather and his brother were in the front room getting ready to go. And they, you know, call for my grandmother. And she tells me about sitting frozen on the bed and she just could not move. She was paralyzed. And she said that she just kept thinking about the dogs and the batons and the hoses and just those mean men who had made their life's work denying her agency. And she did not believe that it was really different. And so, you know, my grandfather, you know, calls for her, finally comes back and it's like, you know, he calls her sugar honey. Uh, he's like, sugar honey, come on, we've got to go vote. And my grandmother's like, I don't want to. And my grandfather reminds her that her son at the age of 14, my dad got arrested registering people to vote, that she and he had paid bail for their kids to get them out of jail when they would do things because of their commitment to civil rights. Why would you not now hold this power? And fundamentally, what she was telling me was that the power scared her. And what I think about every time I fight the fight for voter suppression, why I push so hard for the census to be completed by the communities who've been told to be afraid of it, it's that power is terrifying. The power to vote, the power to be seen, but fundamentally, the power of citizenship is terrifying. And a woman who had raised her children to want it, who had done her part to make it so, just didn't believe it was true. It's not enough to tell someone they have power. We've got to make that power real. And we've got to make sure people are prepared to wield it. You know, reading that story in your book, I thought back to when I moved to Arkansas. I moved in late summer of 1974, and my then boyfriend was running for Congress, and I was teaching at the law school there, and on weekends I'd go out and knock on doors and ask people to vote for him. And I kept running into Black women who said they hadn't paid their poll tax. And I said, well, there is no more poll tax. He goes, oh, yeah, there is. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, it's been struck down. It's been eliminated. They, you know, you, you can't be charged a poll tax. And they'd look at me like, you know, what planet are you from? Of course they're going to stop us from voting. The other thing that would happen, often with white women, is I would knock on the door and I'd maybe be with a young volunteer and I'd say I was, you know, here campaigning for, you know, Bill Clinton or somebody else that I was campaigning for. And the women would say, my husband does the voting in our house. Mm -hmm. You know, those two real world experiences to me really are in line with your experience and your understanding that the reason we are having this very intense and deep struggle 
over voting is because at the end of the day, it is the single power that every citizen has. So if people can be discouraged, can be frightened, can be intimidated, can have their votes stolen, not counted, you know, it does create a lot of dissonance in people. They get scared. They get worried that maybe there's going to be some kind of a terrible consequence for them trying to vote. So how do you now see where we are here at this point in our history? And are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Are you both? What What do you think? I describe myself as an ameliorist. I, I've always <laughs> loved the word ameliorate, you know, to mitigate the harm. And I believe in shorthand that the glass is half full. It's just probably poisoned. And so my job is to try to find the antidote. Our job is to try to find that antidote, whether that antidote is justice, that antidote is mercy, if that antidote is investment. We've got to find a way to fix what's broken, but we can never believe that it won't be broken again. And I think that's why I'm not an optimist. Optimism presumes there's going to be some end state where good triumphs. Mm -hmm. I've lived too long a life for that. But what I do know to be true is that it gets better. I mean, you you reference those women, black and white, and I think about being in South Georgia, having a conversation about folks going to vote and being told, well, we don't vote early because if you want to vote early, you've got to go to jail. And I was like, what do you mean? The only place to early vote was in the justice complex, which meant you had to go to jail. And if you had a child who had a warrant if somebody had been pulled aside. And in parts of Georgia where you were more likely to be arrested just because of your race, why would you risk your freedom to exercise your citizenship? And so my clarion call about voter suppression was in part to live out what you did. In the 2016 election, with all the other instrumentalities that were arrayed against Americans in that election. You were the avatar. And I I want us to be really clear. You, me, any candidate, we are avatars for people's dreams, for their beliefs, for their values, for their demands for their life. And when voter suppression hits, it is not to deny me a job, you a job. It's not about the title. It's about the work that we were going to do for those people. And the righteous indignation that comes with suppression is because, yeah, I didn't get the title. Okay. What I'm angry about are those black women, those brown women, those white women, those young people who for the first time screwed their courage up and went inside that jail to cast their vote, only to be told their vote wasn't going to be counted. And so I am an ameliorist because I never believe that power will ever say you can have me and that shared power is ever going to be permanent. But I believe in the permanence of trying. I do, too. I believe in the permanence of trying. That's my job. We'll be back right after this quick break. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. You know, that's exactly how I am. And, you know, sometimes people get frustrated with folks like us because, you know, they think, well, you know, can't you just see? We just wave the magic wand. We run certain people for office and then everything changes. And I said, well, you know, I don't know. I've read a lot of history. (laughs) I've read the Bible. (laughs) I've experienced (laughs) a lot. I don't think that's how it works. And I love your, your phrase, ameliorist. You know, when some of us saw what happened in the Georgia primary this past spring, We worried that it was a dry run for the upcoming November election, not just in Georgia, but in a lot of other states where the Trump administration and the Republicans know that if there's a fair election and people are given the right to vote and that right is protected, they're not likely to get reelected. So what do you think about where we are now in all the lawsuits we're bringing? I'm supporting lawsuits through my group, Onward Together, and the democracy docket, the advocacy you're doing, everything that we are all so focused on. What worries you about the upcoming November election? What worries me is that Republicans know that their time is nigh. And when cornered, they are willing to do whatever they can to stave off the inevitable. And so we know that they have agreed to spend $20 million fighting these lawsuits. 
we know they're going to raise an army of 50,000 poll monitors to intimidate voters in ways they haven't been permitted to do since 1981. But back to the ameliorist, you know, fair fight exists, fair count exists. The Lawyers Committee, the Leadership Council, the NAACP, these exist because we know that we can fight back in ways that we had never organized around before. And we have to talk about this. You cannot solve a problem you will not call out and call by name and give people a roadmap to understanding what it is. But the second part is you have to have some solutions. Litigation is a solution because the Lawyers Committee and the ACLU are winning these suits. They are getting changes made. The worst thing that can happen is that we get surprised by what they intend to do. I don't believe that every Republican is bad. I don't believe every Democrat is good, but I do believe that the party that calls itself the GOP has thrown its lot in with thievery and suppression as opposed to running a fair race and letting the chips fall where they may. When the president of the United States says that he can't win an election if every eligible citizen votes, we should take him at his word and test his theory. Sounds like a plan to me, my friend. Thank you so much, Stacy, and keep going. We're going to be ameliorating in every way we know and hopefully taking our country back come November. It has been a delight. Thank you so much, Madam Secretary. Make sure to check out Stacy's new book called Our Time is Now, Power, Purpose, and the Fight for a Fair America about how we can create a more equal country. This year, we lost two people who really understood how fundamental the right to vote is in our democracy if we're going to keep a democracy. One was my friend John Lewis, and what a loss in the middle of a pandemic and at a time when we need heroes like John more than ever. There wasn't anybody who put his life on the line more often to stand up for the right to vote than John Lewis. The other loss was Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I think about Ruth a lot because she changed the law. She got constitutional interpretation that literally changed my life. You know, when I was a young woman, I couldn't even get a credit card in my own name. But she knocked down barriers and obstacles to make sure that equality meant something. And not just for women, but for all people. She was famous for her dissents, and I've been thinking a lot about the dissent she made to a Supreme Court decision in a case called Shelby v. Holder back in 2013. That case struck down key provisions of the Voting Rights Act, and Justice Ginsburg knew the decision would make it much more difficult for people to vote, especially people of color and young people, low-income people, the elderly. And she said so in her dissent. But she left us with a rallying cry that sums up so much of her philosophy on life. Here she is reading from that dissent from the bench. The great man who led the march from Selma to Montgomery and there called for the passage of the Voting Rights Act foresaw progress, even in Alabama. The arc of the moral universe is long, he said, but it bends toward justice if 
there is a steadfast commitment to see the task through to completion. If there is a steadfast commitment to seeing the task through to completion, that addition sums up Ruth Bader Ginsburg's life and work, and it gives the rest of us our marching orders. There is no better way to pay tribute to Justice Ginsburg than to get out and vote and work as hard as you can to protect that right for everyone. This election could come down to the slimmest margin. Take it from me. And the best way to win is to turn out in overwhelming numbers. So happy voting and onward we go. You and Me Both is brought to you by iHeartRadio. We're produced by Julie Subrin and Kathleen Russo with help from Huma Abedin, Nikki Etour, Oscar Flores, Brianna Johnson, Nick Merrill, Lauren Peterson, Rob Russo, and Lona Valmoro. Our engineer is Zach McNeese. Original music is by Forrest Gray. If you like You and Me Both, don't keep it to yourself. Tell a friend. You can subscribe to You and Me Both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it. We'd love to hear from you, so send us your questions, comments, or ideas for future shows at youandmebothpod at gmail.com. Come back next week when we're talking to some amazing women leaders, including the one and only Gloria Steinem. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. 
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo. Play.